0: Welcome to the sixth episode of the Old Testament Bible Hour with Jody. Tonight we will take a look at psalms and discussions that we've had off the air. Um, Lend itself to be interesting just because there's a hundred (laughs) pages of psalms. Um, So thanks everyone for listening to our podcast so far. As I said, we're in the sixth one. We hope you learned something from it. I hope you are enjoying the conversations that we have. We had some good feedback last week. Um, From the episode so and as always we'll post these to anchor and then they'll also appear on iTunes in The next couple of days so and we'll push it out. We have a Twitter account that we started and so yeah Pretty exciting step. So now we'll get to talking about Psalms We're back and we'll bring in Jody shortly even though I'm sure she'll meet some smart snide comments (laughs) while I'm discussing my my uh, entry into this world um, I'm Brian, and so first of all, uh, I just recently wrote a devotional that I write for for Southwood here in Lincoln, and the happened just happened to be uh, Psalms, and you know we just we choose a topic each week just by pure luck, and so anyway, I just finished a devotional to um, Psalms twenty three four, and so. I'm sure that that is one of the ones that will come up in our discussion as we move forward. The other part that I was going to discuss is that in the church that I grew up in, that we that I just realized tonight as I was reviewing Psalms is that we read Psalms and I can't think I don't know what you would call the style, but one person would read the first part Mm -hmm. of a Psalm and then the congregation would read the second half.
1: Right, a response. Yeah, and we
0: go back and forth like that. So. As we talked about psalms and you had said something about like, you know, all the different psalms. I was like, yeah, but I don't know if I've really read a bunch of the psalms. Mm-hmm. But then as as we talked more, I was like, oh, wait a second. I did do a lot of that because mm-hmm. it was, a, but it was a lot of just pastors saying one thing, us responding right. to the second half of it back and forth. And so I think we did that at least a couple of times a month mm-hmm. for sure, if not more than that. And so
1: I'd imagine you did it every Sunday as part of your liturgy. You probably just didn't know it was a psalm all the time.
0: Yeah, that could be too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, so it, that's, you know, something. You know, a lot of us know. I, you know, I knew some of the psalms. I, I just kind of, I just kind of went through all. What was it like? Some in my Bible, it's like a hundred and some pages that Psalms takes up, and so I'd kind of reviewed that, and yeah, a couple of things that I noticed was that a that I'd never thought about was that it was a lot of comforting things, Hmm. you know? hmm. And, and (laughs) so, and so that was kind of interesting. Like a lot of them, a lot of the headers talked about, like, when you need this or when you need that, and when you need need this or that
1: ignore the headers
0: and then a lot of them were written in the thing that the top said for the choir leader.
1: Oh, right. Like the epitaph parts. Yeah. Those are different. Okay. Don't read the freaking, headers
0: and then and then also the, <coughs> so david wrote a lot of these
1: yeah he wrote a lot yeah you weren't paying attention i know
0: so it's really interesting okay. so anyway we'll be back to discuss more songs all right we're back and jody's with us how are you joe
1: i'm good I'm good coughing
0: yeah i know i battling a cold
1: yeah yeah everybody like two weeks i know three weeks I'm gonna try not to cough, you guys, but no promises.
0: Okay. okay. <clears throat> so Psalms, in general, like, what, what's, what's that all about? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, there's what, a hundred and.
1: <coughs> so when I said this needs to be more of a Q and I was kind of hoping your question would be. A teeny bit more specific than that
0: well it will be but there's 150 of these things okay and they're, they're fairly easy they seem fairly easy to read and they seem they? pretty forthright and everything else and what they're talking about and mm. it's, it's just for our joy that we can sit down and pick it up and read it quickly and
1: read it quickly yeah because <laughs> because that's what it's everybody cares quick- about like I, how fast can i read this it's such an american way to wow all right <laughs> Didn't read much more in peace in high school, did you? All right, anyway, I'm gonna drink my wine. Mm. Okay, so wait, are you asking, okay, do we wanna talk about why do the Psalms exist and why are they in the Bible? Right,
0: right.
1: Okay. Because these are your questions. This is the whole like, what's the point of this story and that, and mm-hmm. so is that what we're talking about? What are the point of the Psalms? To
0: start off with, yes.
1: Oh, okay. So, it's important to note that there are many different kinds of psalms and that essentially the psalms are a collection of hymns, songs, and prayers. Or what we call spirit songs and prayers. So it's a collection of people's expressions toward God, which is kind of cool. So it's a it's a resource for worship. It's a resource for devotion. It's a resource for personal understanding. <clears throat> but they were the songs and the hymns and the prayers of the of the people, and and you did you noted that like David had written a huge portion of them, not all of them, um, I think sometimes people get glib and they they just make it be that they're all from david but some of them were acquired over years or through circumstance and they're all born from the collective people's experience and so um that's one thing i really dig about them that we can talk more about later but the psalms exist first and foremost as a uh, a record of the people's hymns which are Songs of adoration. Um, There are spirit songs, which are more those devotional, like here's who I am and here's how I experience God. More, more, um, more, more about the personal interaction, emotional interaction with God than the, than the adoration part. And then the, and then the prayers just the straight up prayers, just the straight up emotional outcries and begging and excitement and gratitude and all of those things. So that's what the book is. Ex- that's what the book is. It's a collection of all of those things.
0: So does a pastor lead somebody or to a certain one to give them comfort in time?
1: So you're still coming at this like it's a comfort thing, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so my question to you, because I think, I mean, I think we're going to agree, but I think it's going to be funny how we reframe this for each other, and how it's going to be reframed from how we grew up reading it. But when you think of it as being comforting, is it because you go to it and you think, this is what God is promising me? Yeah,
0: and especially after scanning
1: some things today. Because it says, God promises X, Y, and Z. At the top,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (sighs) <sighs> okay, that's an important thing to note. They are comforting, but I don't think they're. Co- I don't, I, from where I'm coming from, they're not going to be comforting the way we were both taught.
0: Okay, so so one of the questions I had as I was scrolling through here was yep. I got to Psalm 22.
1: I like Psalm 22.
0: Okay, but it goes back to something that we had talked about in the past a little bit. And that, and that's what confused me. Like I read the first verse of it, and I could not figure it out. Like I was so like.
1: Because isn't the first verse? I was so
0: time. Yeah, I was so time thrown. Because
1: it's Jesus on the cross, right? Yes. Yeah. I like Psalm twenty-two.
0: Makes no sense.
1: Why doesn't it make sense?
0: It's in the Old Testament.
1: Oh please! Are you kidding me?
0: I'm not kidding you!
1: I'm going to find every Missouri Synod Sunday School teacher. Why does it surprise you?
0: Because it's a book of the Old Testament. It was written way before the New Testament.
1: Yeah, and it was the tradition of the Hebrew people, and Jesus was a really good Jew. He knew all the Psalms, backwards and forwards, and all the writings of the Prophets.
0: Oh, uh, I think that helps me.
1: I mean, when they talk about him like going to school at the temple, what did you think he was learning?
0: Well, that, but it's just the way that it's written in here. My God,
1: my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So who how, who did that originate with?
1: I don't, that's not a psalm of David, is it? I don't think it is.
0: A psalm by David. Is
1: it? Yeah. It's this for the choir He was a moody SOB.
0: The suffering savior.
1: That's right, according to the dear the daughter. Okay, the other thing is, too, a lot of them are ascribed to David, and he didn't necessarily write them. It's like Shakespeare.
0: But, Are you reading it? Well, I'm, re- I'm scanning through it just because that that really caught me. Because, like... So you're saying that that w- this was written and then Jesus learned that phrase.
1: Well, I didn't... I mean, he... he okay, so you know what I love about Psalm 22... Is a plea for deliverance, right? It really is. And I would imagine, I would imagine that. Okay, do you have songs that you can be in a moment and there's the perfect song for that moment? All the time. All the time. (laughs) And it just comes to mind, right? And the lyrics are all right there. Mm -hmm. And the, this is essentially their liturgy. And that's the really beautiful thing. So, you know, growing up evangelical, I was taught pretty hardcore that like anything that wasn't spontaneous and quote unquote from the heart was um, inauthentic and awful. And the whole point of memorizing the Psalms and having a liturgy was that in the moments that your life had the most chaos, the liturgy could bring order. And so you know, like just the fact that you said you never really read the Psalms, but you grew up hearing all of them because they were part of your liturgy. And I didn't have that. I mean, I did have like a wanna Bible champion memory. I had the entire book of Ephesians memory. It didn't serve me anything because I had no context for it. But um, the Psalms, I would imagine that Jesus is feeling alone and scared and attacked and um, suffering you know in a million ways and that this is what came to his mind because mm-hmm. it had been memorized and and recited and prayed and it, it it's like that you know it's like the song coming coming to you and it did and it's so accurate you know um, when he talks about i am warm and not human scorned by others and despised by the people holy shit all who see me mock at me they make mouths at me they shake their heads Commit your cause to the Lord, let him deliver, let him rescue the one in whom he delights. Is that not exactly what was happening to Jesus during his execution? Was that they all stood around and cheered at him? Oh, well, if you're the son of God, why don't you come down from that cross? And so Um as he was as he let himself be murdered at the hand of our own, you know, bloodthirstiness and violence, this was the song, quote unquote, that came to his mind power of the psalms
0: okay so the next one to talk about is of course psalm 23 oh yeah okay everybody's favorite song is it it's everybody's favorite song it's not
1: my favorite song
0: yeah but i think you ask almost anybody to name a psalm
1: so is it everybody's favorite or is it just the most popular it's like right. that girl in school. Is yeah. she really everybody's favorite, or is she just the most popular? Right,
0: right. But if, I think that if you, <coughs> so anyway, that this is the psalm that I had to write about as well.
1: Right. Yes.
0: So, but it, but it is because it's like to me, it's a very, it's a very comforting psalm. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me it's not, but it's I'm not going to tell you. Well, now right. that you're going to say like, oh, but well, what about the part about the lying down in green pastures type. But anyway.
1: That seems very comforting, actually. I want to lay down in a green pasture.
0: But the one that I'd write about was, even though I walk in a very dark valley, which isn't, that's not the text that I used exactly, but that's what this text says. I fear no harm because you're with me. You're on your staff. They comfort me.
1: Yep.
0: You know, it is. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm walking in this dark place, or I'm, or, or my life is troubled right now, but yet I know that I can cling to you because you're going to help me, and, me through these times isn't Mm. that right
1: maybe yeah
0: i mean that's what i take from it
1: well and that's really helpful because you're a handsome successful educated straight white man in america so it seems easy to believe that like if you just believe well and trust in god all things will work out for you right (laughs) (laughs) Because I would imagine that other people in other situations in the world would read that very differently. And there's no promise or guarantee of.
0: Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all my life while I live in the Lord's house forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Worked out great for you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like
1: magic. It is. Mm Mm-hmm. But even
0: assert the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need.
1: What does that mean? Okay, that's beside the point. So I think this is the crux of the issue, right? Do we read the Psalms as, um, as a guarantee of something? Do we read the Psalms as if God has given us the Psalms and said, these are my promises to you. Live this way and I will give you this.
0: No. I mean, no, to me, it's just a, I mean, life doesn't, isn't always perfect and life sucks sometimes, but to know that I can turn to this and kind of read through it and think about it in my mind and just think, okay, there's some comfort there for me. And even though there's not, it's not always perfect Mm -hmm. and everything else, at least I know that there's, I feel like there's some comfort level in reading that. What is the comforting part to you? No, it's just a feeling. But songs do that for me too, right? You know,
1: yeah.
0: If I hear some,
1: well, I mean, is there any meaning to that? That if you, that God is there. That is there any to to you, (coughs) Brian Reitz? Does it mean anything to you to say, to read, though I walk through the darkest valley, I know you were with me. Like, does it? Do you actually believe that that's a real thing, or? Why is there comfort for it, for you? I really
0: think, I feel like it's a real thing. I feel like there's a presence there for me. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's what I get from it. Okay. I know. What about for you?
1: Oh, that's a harder question. I, man, this podcast just got real, real fast. I very much believe that God is bigger than me. And I need that as a woman who has had to fend for myself quite a bit and had to deal with some rough situations where things didn't work out well and I didn't get the green pastures or the, you know, there's a lot of Psalms that promise victory and um, nobility and respect and whatever. And as a woman, sometimes the decisions I've had to make to do what's best for me or for my children didn't necessarily garner me what would be perceived as a victory or other people's respect. So I take great comfort in knowing that God is bigger than I am, but I don't think he's going to make everything work out.
0: Okay. The other one that jumped out at me was just that the, for me the comforting thing, but this one to respond the other way. right? Cause this one is, Thank God. A psalm to give thanks. Mm -hmm. Shout to the Lord all the world. Serve the Lord with joy. Come before him shouting happily. Realize the Lord is God. He made us and we are not ourselves. We are his people and the flock of his pasture. Come into his gates to give thanks, into his courts to praise. Thank him, bless his name because the Lord is good and loves us forever and faithful through all the ages.
1: Right. So it's like a hymn. Yeah. Right.
0: It's like, thank you you know. Yeah. So it's not, it's... God is great. God is good. it's kind of a back and forth Thank you thing. God for
1: this food, sorry, yeah, yeah, well, and it's it is it's about the goodness of God, it's gratitude, you like gratitude, gratitude's one of your favorite things It is. yeah, because gratitude reframes our perspective, it doesn't change the situation, it reframes our perspective on it mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. okay, so what are the what are the, we were talking before, so like so what what are bad songs?
1: oh my God, okay, so one of my favorite ones. Is it 137? Wait, I marked it, y'all, because... Okay, because my beef with it is when people read the Psalms and we make it be that... um, That, yeah, this is, like, what will happen. This is a true thing. This is... You can take this to the bank. What? I
0: was just reading the last verse. Yeah, it's okay. probably Your last verse is probably completely different than my last verse. Oh, no, no,
1: I remember this one came up in the liturgy one time and I was and I preached on it just because it felt so important to like say why we were reading this. Um, Yeah, so, okay, I love the way Psalm 137 starts. And this is after this was a song of lament and that there are laments in the Psalms, which I think are really important to note because we don't lament well as Christians. We don't lament well as human beings, but we definitely don't lament well as Christians. Um, Which is why I love Lent, y'all love it. And so, um, not just because of the repentance part, but like the permission to just not have to make everything shiny. And to really acknowledge that Lassie doesn't always come home. And that when you break a plate, if you put it together, it's still going to have cracks and seams and glue pouring out. And some things can't be put back together. Um... They just can't and it's okay to be sad about that and so i love the way this starts it's so poetic um holy hell by the rivers of babylon there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered zion on the willows there we hung up our harps for there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked us for mirth saying sing us one of the songs of zion that's heartbreaking you've been ripped from your home and your captors are saying no sing us one of those great songs about your homeland and like oh just that image of like for there we hung up our on the willows there we hung up our harps Hmm. isn't that it's a word picture like i doubt they really hung their harps on the willows but just that notion of like a a weeping willow and their and the and the harps have been retired to this weeping tree. Oh my good God. Yeah. So then it gets, you know, let me do these things. If I forget Jerusalem, um, yada, yada, the tear, tearing down the wall. Oh daughter Babylon, you devastator. Happy shall they be who pay you back what you have done to us. Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. Okay. So this is where reading the Bible, boys and girls can be really dangerous. You don't know how to read it because this isn't any kind of freaking permission to, like, kill your enemies' babies. That's, you, it, I've heard people say this. I've heard people, like, use the Psalms as justification for violence mm-hmm. and to say, like, well, but we go to war and, you know, if there's always casualties of war. And when God called them and the Psalms says this and we're guaranteed victory because the Psalm says this. And, like, oh, shit, y'all the bible in the hands of an ignorant person is an incredibly dangerous thing and that verse right there is total evidence of it bashing babies' heads against rocks I don't know did they really s- do that? okay that's a really good question so anyway okay so so did they do it?
0: yeah
1: I doubt they did it yeah <laughs> you seem disappointed <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are all prayers and hymns and songs in response to real events, right? Um, yeah. You write a breakup song because you got broken up. Thank you, Taylor with... Swift. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, that that's a really great question, because that leads me to the point of like why I think the Psalms exist. I don't think the Psalms exist to tell us um, what we should pray, how God is going to respond to us, how we're supposed to act. I don't think it's anything like that. I think the Psalms are there to give us permission to feel and say whatever we need to, to be honest with God. Hmm. No way in a million years is God going to say it's a good idea for us to bash the heads of our enemies' babies against rocks. No way. No way is bombing the shit out of little kids in syria part of god's plan for the world no way and no way can we justify that with scripture on the other hand having sat with people who were chased down by isis and fired on their, and putting their own children in you know covered in coolers to try to prevent them from being shot by isis they have permission to say to me this is what i wish i could do if ISIS, if a ISIS member was sitting in my living room right now, this is what I wish I could do to them. God, forgive me for feeling this way, but this is how I feel. And the Psalms give us permission to be utterly and truly human to God. Because sometimes I think we feel like we have to sterilize our our prayers and we have to sterilize our, our thoughts and our emotions. And we feel like we have to... We're, We're always supposed to be happy, right? Like, I'm a big fan of positivity and optimism. But really, the only way to be positive about a situation is to acknowledge the reality of what it is. And sometimes that starts with, well, this is fucked up. Like, sometimes the most legitimate and honest answer is to just go, this thing sucks. And I feel like shit about this. And only when we can be honest in our expression can we then reframe it. And come at it differently, but that's what the Psalms are for. Because you know, like you said, Psalm 22. There's a line in there that's one, like one of my favorites ever, um, where he he said, "Cause I know this feeling. I bet you guys know this feeling. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, It is melted within my breast. My mouth is like a dried up pot, and my tongue sticks to my jaws." My god, I know that feeling and to be able to just say to God like what the actual hell? Why are you letting me feel this way? And why do you feel so why do you how is it that not, not every single one of us has at some point felt, "Oh my god, why are you, why are you so far away?" Like, why do you feel so far away? And to be able to say anything we want to the creator of the universe. That's the point of the psalm. Even if it's something you know, we all get like getting to be sad to God and we've romanticized that and it's kind of precious. Like I can be sad to God, but to feel like we have permission to go to God and say like, I want that son of a bitch to suffer for what he did to me. And it doesn't mean that that feeling is right. And it doesn't mean that that, I mean, all of our feelings are right or they're valid, but it doesn't mean that that feeling is like good or true or that you would actually act on that given the opportunity. But it absolutely means you, you get to be completely yourself with no filter when you're sitting in the presence of the Almighty. You absolutely, like you're sitting in the presence of love, of pure, total, and utter love. And if you can't come to love with, with no filters and with no checks and with no fear, then you're, you're not really understanding Okay, you're having a response to this, and I want to know what it is. <laughs> I totally just took over the controls, because Brian's making a face. You just said I'm bringing a lot to this. I want to hear what you mean.
0: No, I, I just feel like you're, that you're really speaking from your heart. Like, other times, you I feel like you're just kind of, in other episodes, I felt like you were kind of more preachy. This one, it feels a lot more like it's experiences you've had or things you've been through you know you talked about some of the things that you've dealt with sure you know what i mean but it just seems like you've yeah just well because really the think-
1: stories of the bible can all be really cool and interesting and and fun and we can see ourselves in them and we can see our lessons in them and we can we can see our our humanity in them but the psalms are ours
0: right that's right and
1: especially as sure. somebody who is very inclined to be melancholy and very emotional and, uh, and loves to write and loves words and loves poetry and loves songs and lyrics. When I thought the Psalms had to be like, you know, part of my blueprint for living, I didn't always appreciate them as much. I, I liked them. I had certain favorites underlined in my, in my, you know, little, I I noticed that. The way I grew up, reason. only really good Christians have their Bibles marked up. But um, but then when I really realized that the psalms, or realized, I mean, y'all, this is my take on it. But when I came to my own realization that really what the psalms were, were permission for me to be unedited and unchecked. That God was not going to shame my feelings. That God was not going to sit in judgment about my Reactions or my feelings or my thoughts or this or my heart, right? Because there's all this bitching all the time about the state of your heart the state of your heart state of your heart Well at some point the state of your heart is that thing we talk about who do I choose to be? What do I choose to act on? What do I choose to believe? but you know somebody screws you over or somebody abandons you or or you've fought your way to the front and something goes right or You know, every circumstance has been against you and you still manage to bring your head above water or you or you get abandoned. Your reaction is real and human and valid and and God is big enough for me to be pissed God is big enough for me to be so hurt that I want to hurt somebody else even though I would never do that or act on it but that that feeling of just you know being so um, screwed over and that God is God is big enough I I need God to be big enough and of all the lessons that came out to me as I sort of returned for my my fundamentalism God was big enough to be angry. God was big enough to be um judgmental, but God wasn't big enough to handle my shame or my rage or, or my or my horror at injustice the injustice in the world because we can all get you know especially nowadays it's only the only cool thing is to be pissed about the injustices in the world but but we don't always feel like we can be upset about the injustices against us the real ones not the like little piddly somebody took my parking space or I didn't get the promotion I thought I thought I should have gotten but the like you know I got screwed by life and nobody has my back those are those are massive injustices and I didn't think God was big enough to handle mine and so it's and i know i'm not the only person that feels that way and so this to come back to the psalm and be able to read it that way like this isn't telling me how to feel this isn't telling me what to do but it is telling me like man there is nothing you can say Jody Renee that is going to freak god out or shame you or be make you make you invalid as a human being like Girl, roll around in your humanity, cause God loves it. That's why I love it.
0: So, a couple things to get off my chest. Uh, first of all, <laughs> when this topic was chosen last week, two weeks ago, co- couple weeks ago yeah. Jody's like made such a big point of saying, "This is gonna suck." I
1: didn't These say it was really, suck. this one
0: is. I just don't know what to even talk about with that. I mean, it's just so much different. And then. She's brought more passion and heat to this one than she has to almost anyone except, except for the discussion about blowjobs, which everybody enjoyed. <laughs> and, but besides that one, that was My this one. She's, she's brought the most too. <coughs> and and we are drinking wine tonight.
1: Um, we're sharing a glass of wine.
0: We are sharing a glass of wine because there was no whiskey in the house, and because it's Joey's turn to buy it. And oh my god, you weren't to supposed
1: to drop it. that. I so. did provide this wine and it was it's actually our mutual friend Greggy's Carmenera from Chile, so we're like it's a really good wine to talk about the Psalms to. Yeah, it was good. Don't you think?
0: Yeah, it was really good. It seems very, very
1: appropriate and fitting actually for the topic.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're ready to pick the topic in a couple of weeks, which yeah. will be November the twelfth. Oh yeah. So we're getting close to Thanksgiving. Do you like Thanksgiving?
1: I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. I love everything from, like, the middle of October until January 6th, which is Epiphany. You're just staring at me blankly. You're, like the world's <laughs> worst Lutheran ever. I really want to apologize to any of my Lutheran friends who are listening to this podcast right now. All right, let's see. What do I get? Okay, I can't read your handwriting. You can't read my <laughs> creation. Didn't we kind of cover this one?
0: Oh, yeah, let's do let's let's it. Let's do it. Yeah, we did talk about that.
1: Okay. Oh, we we kind of
0: pulled that into a whole bunch of different things. La
1: la 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 What would like to be chosen? You are the chosen one. You have been chosen. The other side. <gasps> Cain and Abel. Ooh. Ah. That'll be interesting.
0: All right. Until next time.
1: Yeah. Good night, you guys.
0: Good night.